but I'm either doing the 1k fun run or the 5k but my brother is doing the 5k he said he's gonna walk so I was like maybe I'll just walk with you a fun run is an oxymoron I hate to bring it to you no run is fun I said what I said Welcome back, everyone, to Escaping Reality, the podcast where your three favorite gals get together and we talk about reality competition shows. Right now, we're talking about Survivor. It's season 43. We are in the absolute smack dab middle of it. And uh, I don't really like it, you guys. (laughs) Like, still having fun talking about it with you. But um, as far as the show, it leaves much to be desired. But we'll get into it. Uh, if you're not already following, be sure that you are followed, subscribed, whatever the vocabulary word of choice is on the platform you are listening. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We interrupt this program for me to let you know that it is snowing. Okay. It's winter now. (laughs) I literally just looked out the window and it's snowing. Where was I? Oh yeah. Subscribe to our show. Leave a rating and review. We love that. It gives us a nice boost. Tell a friend. If your friend likes Survivor, or maybe if they don't, and you do, get them into it. Tell them to listen. We're on Instagram at Escaping Reality Pod. Give us a follow. We're also on TikTok. Do we post? We might someday, so give us a follow. Um, And with that, we're going to talk about Survivor Season 43, Episode 8, which is called Preposterous, spelled incorrectly, because they wrote it on the raft boat, which had nothing to do with the episode. And then... It was the title of the episode. Make it make sense, please. It won't. So we're going to kick it off with our initial thoughts. I'm just going to go right ahead and go first. First and foremost is that this was the first week that I didn't watch live. And I was like, it's fine. I'll just watch it later. Um, And I had everything spoiled for me. I knew who won immunity. I knew who got voted out. It's my own fault for like going on Instagram and following so many survivor related accounts that like I should have known better. But I did have a lot spoiled, so that was kind of a bummer and made the episode feel extra slow just because I knew what was going to happen. But yeah, I'm just like not happy um, with the way this season is going. And in that unhappiness, I can find some humor, as I'm sure you know if you've been listening to our podcast. But like, I don't know, man. I... I'm really bummed out by the fact that, spoiler alert, another woman got voted off. And honestly, like, hot take, I think at this point, I would rather the rest of the women go home so it can at least be like a gimmick. Because right now it's not a gimmick, it's just a sad reality and it's like a huge bummer. So I would rather the rest of the women go home and then we turn it into something hilarious. So that's that's my two cents for this week is just meh. But uh, Stacey, maybe you're feeling better about the. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was telling Aggie when we first logged on, like, there were some moments I, I liked enough to, like, keep it interesting. For example, early on when we find out that Jesse actually has the idol and, it, you know, it didn't go home with Dwight, like, I gasped. I was like, I like being surprised like that. I like when it's like, gotcha to everyone. And then we got more of Owen's backstory, which I feel like they went heavy on the backstories the first like three episodes and then nothing. I mean, we heard Gabler's last time, but I think we were a little confused about it. So I liked that. I liked the idea of the bottom four trying to like, you know, make something happen. It just didn't actually happen. So I don't know. I think I had 
some moments that kept me interested, but you know, after hearing Aggie and you talk a bit, I was like, well, yeah, I mean, it still wasn't the best episode we've seen. I also took issue with the rice wagering thing, which I'll just talk about in a second, but I just, that wasn't as fun as it's supposed to be. So, so yeah, it's almost like there was potential, but it just didn't quite happen. That would be my takeaway. Poor Janine. She couldn't get a break. And I'm sad because my, you know, top four that I started with, I think I have one left, which is Carla. So it's been a rough couple of weeks for my people. <laughs> Meanwhile, Anna, don't you have like everyone still <laughs> from here? All of them. And I think Aggie has two. So uh, my people let me down. But overall, I was, uh, I had hope in this episode, I guess I'll say. Hope is a dangerous thing. But I agree with you about the Jesse thing, which we'll talk about in a second. That was the one moment that I was like, oh, shit, it's good. Um, and then the rest of the episode happened. And I was like, oh, no, not the rice wager. We'll talk about it. Aggie, how you feeling? It's really bad. <laughs> I'm really upset. And I'm really sad. And it's really bad. I, I'm not meaning to rhyme. I'm just upset. <sighs> okay. I think part of it is Cassie. Cassie. Nope. Cassidy. Got it right. Got it right. Because here's the thing. I actually like Cassidy. I've come around. Cassidy basically calls it out. And instead of it being this moment similar to, not that I wanted it to be like the Black players realizing what was going on, but there was no real discussion of it. She was like, I don't want another woman to go home. And everyone was like, heard, don't care. It was brought up and people just kind of dismissed it. And I honestly wish Cassidy had made a stink at Tribal about it. I think that's what I'm missing from tribal council because last time at the very minimum, they were having conversations about what was happening in the game and how it affected them personally. Not everything's a metaphor. Everything's a like dumbass comment. That's not useful. It was like, this affects me personally. Now, did I enjoy that? We were talking about the pain we were causing the black players. I didn't enjoy it, but was it interesting to hear their perspective? Yes. We're getting no perspective. We're getting nothing. Like it's just, I, Mm. it's nothing the only interesting moment was when jesse revealed he had the idol and he again proves to me every week that he's the only one who actually knows what he's doing because his whole commentary about that was so smart and something stacy has said the last three weeks of like knowledge is power so therefore i'm keeping my knowledge to my fucking self that would happen in the first three minutes and every minute after that i was like when is this episode over i was so pissed i was so angry i was just like no Anna, I'm the opposite of you. I follow no Survivor accounts really on my personal page because I don't want to get spoilers because I never watch live because I'm a bad friend. And so I just can't go on Escaping Reality Pod. Like I don't go on our Instagram because I know I will be spoiled, which like, hey, I get it. It's my personal flaw that I don't watch live. So and then I don't watch till Saturday or Sunday. So I give myself a whole five days and I just have to be spoiler free. So it wasn't spoiled for me, but the episode in general was bad. So it didn't even matter. Like I was just frustrated. Like it wasn't spoiled, but that didn't make it any less predictable. Yes, literally that. I just like, I wish Cassidy had made a stink at Tribal because now she just voted for Ryan while every single other person voted for Janine. So I personally think that's going to blow back in her face in a bad way. I think Carla and James won't care, but I think the other rest of the people in the Alliance will care. And that's going to piss me off even more. I don't want the women to all go home, but Anna, I do kind of hear what you're saying of like, maybe just send all the women home because you're not giving them a chance anyway. So send them all home so we can at least watch you guys actually play a game of Survivor. Because at this point, we're not doing anything. And I'm pissed. 
wow, I didn't know I had so much aggression inside of me after this episode. I saw we had 12 minutes left when we went to tribal and I was like, oh, cool. Cassidy's going to like do No, those 12 minutes were Jeff asking for yet another metaphor. Stop. Oh my God. I'm so mad. It just is a fatal flaw in this game at this point where like to stay silent is to your benefit. And it's so bad for the viewer. Like they need to have some kind of new element to the game where like something that you can say in a confessional can come back anonymously so that like it's not blowing up your game but at least it's out there so that it's either like creating paranoia or being talked about like jeff should have brought up hey how come so many women have gone home and like get the conversation started you don't have to like single out cassidy as having come up with that but like bring it up he's not bringing up anything we'll get to tribal yeah i feel like the last two seasons and honestly most of the 40 before that They were talking to each other, not so much to Jeff. And I feel like, Jeff, why did you pick a bunch of duds that you need you to handhold them? And then they still say nothing like a bunch of duds is mean. But I'm just like, I'm frustrated because here's the thing. We know from confessionals, Cody, Jesse, Cassidy, Carla, James have interesting things to say about this game. And then you get to tribal council and you're like, what the fuck is this? I mean, Ryan, love him. So handsome doesn't have interesting things to say about this game. There are people who don't have interesting things to say about this game. And they're the ones talking at tribal council. And then you have like six people over here because I actually would put Janine on this list, but she's too afraid to do anything. Like, mm. Mm. okay, I'm calm. I'm over it. We'll get into it. So, and we'll circle back to tribal council when we get to talking about it. Ah, my microphone fell over. Um. So the episode starts much like we anticipated it would at the end of last week after Dwight went home thinking like, okay, are they going to address the fact that Janine gave Dwight her idol before he went home? Or so we thought. And we were like, okay, maybe they'll like address it at the start of the episode. And they do. We come back from tribal council and Janine's upset. She's like, I lost an ally and I lost an idol. And that's being shared with everyone. Just everyone. It's going around. It's spreading like wildfire because nothing is secret. Everyone's telling everyone everything. If you were Janine, wouldn't you be like, no, I still have it. I still have it. You should be afraid. Um, That's not what happens. She's telling everyone. And I literally wrote in my notes, like, why is this being shared like a secret? Get over it. And then we get the scene with Jesse where in the confessional, he's like, oh, by the way, actually, I have it. And I was like, okay, all that stuff makes sense now that we just saw. And as far as we know, he keeps it to himself, which thank goodness somebody knows what they're doing. Um, we'll see if he continues to keep it to himself, but he does. Thoughts on this? <laughs> I was shocked. Yeah, I like I like sc- screamed. I mean, screamed is dramatic, but I, I, what's the word I'm thinking of? I don't know. Gasped. Gasped. Oh yeah, that's what I said earlier. I gasped. Yes, Anna wasn't watching. I couldn't text her immediately. I had to text my other friends. But when those moments happen, it's pretty cool because the last one I can think of is um. When Nasir, you know, like we didn't know he got the other advantage. And then he like says the phrase and you're just like, what? So I liked it. It was just something unexpected. I wish they would have explained a little like, why did Dwight give it to him? Because I'm not exactly sure. Like, was he starting to think, you know, he was in trouble? Did Janine want that? I mean, she didn't know. So, you know, so I just, that was a little surprising. But yeah, to me, it was a good moment. And again, this is just making me like Jesse even more. It also, I know last week we were talking about like 
how the Dwight vote didn't completely make sense. This gives it a little bit more context as to why Jesse was so okay with being like, yeah, we can vote out Dwight. I don't have all the info of the timing of like, was that decision made and then Dwight gave him the idol or vice versa, but it does help contextualize it a bit more. I think it's important to note that Jesse also has Cody's. Does he? Yeah. Yeah. Cody gave him his in the uh, like shuffle of things. So he has two. I yeah. love Jesse. <laughs> Cody also hasn't asked for it back that we've Yeah, seen. Jesse goes, Cody hasn't asked for it back yet. So I'm not giving it until he asks. And I was like, work. <laughs> I love Jesse. He's the only person I like right now. Other than Loki, Sammy, what's happening? These are not people I would actually, Jesse, I feel like is someone I would cheer for in the past. But I also am a little nervous because I do like him, Cody, and Sammy working together like Loki I'm really into it but I am like don't get too confident Jets but then there was like a medium uprising and then it didn't happen so I'm like okay maybe be confident I if he were playing with different people I would say there's no way because he's like he's so smart of course they're gonna see him as a threat these people don't know what a threat is they don't know no I know we'll probably get into this but I think there's this group of seven and they want to like stick together and I'm like those are the seven people I like other than Owen, because I do like Owen and like we got his sad backstory today about like how he was adopted and like no one liked him. And I was like, it feels too on the nose, editors, that you chose this moment to show us that of like now he's ostracized in Survivor. And also he was ostracized as a youth. I don't know. It felt a little bit weird, but I understand where they were going. Like you have to you have to tell us about Owen because he's going to win the tra- challenge. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Sad backstory TM for Owen, <laughs> which again even if it wasn't spoiled, of course he's going to win the challenge. Like you literally just positioned him as like the underdog, sad kid. And then we go to the challenge where like last week he was in the final stage of the challenge. So he's certainly capable, but he's really the only one we heard from in that sort of capacity. So we get a little backstory from Owen about growing up and being adopted and feeling isolated and how that translates to the game. And then after that, we get this tribe bonding leading into who stands where the seven versus everybody else um the rest i call them who's a threat whose name is being tossed out there and who's kind of playing both sides of the seven and the others which is mostly sammy um and then he starts to pull some people after the challenge when they start to strategize but we do get these seedlings of like is the seven gonna crack what are the others gonna do all they need is six who do they pull in all of this stuff so aggie if you want to um initiate your point Yeah, here's where I start to be a little bit like, again, Sammy's not 19 because he's thinking too much. But anyway, I just think Sammy realistically is trying to cover all his bases. I don't think he actually ever wanted to go with the six. I think he kind of talked to those people on the outs because at the end of the day, you don't want the people on the outs to have it out for you. And I think realistically, that's what he was potentially doing rather than actually planning on going with them. Because I do think at the end of the day, he's loyal to Jesse and Cody and potentially Owen. But I just don't think he feels comfortable enough to be like, let me bring Owen into this yet because Owen is on the outs and Sammy's not. But I do think he's loyal to Owen because Owen knew who to vote for. So I do think there's a Sammy Owen connection there. And I do think he had intention a little bit to maybe get out Ryan. But I think he was also just putting feelers out there to be like, how strong is this seven? Would they actually do that? And once he realized, no, similarly to Jesse, he was like, I'm not taking someone's agency in this game. Now, I'm not pressing for what I specifically want because that's going to make me a target. I think Sammy and Jesse could 
really run this shit if they actually start to work together, to be perfectly honest. And low-key Cody, look, I, I know he's kind of ridiculous and can't spell preposterous, but like he's good at what he's doing. If the three of them stick together, I think they'll be the final three, to be perfectly honest at this point. I don't know if I totally answered your question. I just, I felt like I needed to talk about Sammy. Yeah, no, I mean, it wasn't a question so much as like, what are your feelings on this seven versus the rest? So yeah. Also, why am I rooting for three men? I, that's my, that's my biggest takeaway. I'm rooting because for three men. Because that's the hand men. we've been dealt. Like I, it's, it is not our fault. <laughs> I still like Cassidy and Carla. I just don't think they're going to win now. I just, I don't. I, I can't see a space in which they're able to do that. And not because they don't have the like ability, just because the way the game is running, they don't actually have as much power as they probably could or should have. They hadn't sent home six women in eight episodes. I still think Carla has a chance. She's still in all the conversations, I feel like. And, and her connection with James, although I'm starting to think James doesn't have that much longer, unfortunately. I feel like she's close with Jesse too. So if there is going to be a woman to give us <laughs> to fix, to right the, the wrongs, I think it's going to be Carla, but we shall see. The other thing that I didn't mention, which I'll I'll use to segue us into the challenge is we get this scene where Carla's talking about a dream she had where like Jeff is there and giving them food and it's like a weird eating challenge. And it's it's basically to set up some discussion of like, they're all so hungry and depleted. And literally in my notes, I wrote mention of how hungry they all are. Will it be relevant? And then it is. Surprise. But so we get this thing where like Carla's talking about her weird food dream. Ryan's talking about like going out and catching fish and providing for them because they need sustenance. And then we get to the challenge. And the challenge itself is like a classic individual immunity where you balance a ball on a pole and then it every five minutes you add more pole until the ball drops so like nothing really that interesting but once again we get jeff's rice wager where in the last two seasons he'll basically say like okay if you're feeling comfortable enough to sit out of this challenge if enough of you sit out you get all this extra rice for your for your team and in the last couple seasons he's let them negotiate how many players to sit out and this time he was like five no less than five. And tomorrow it'll be more expensive, which I did like that part, but I'm tired of this. And I know you guys are too. So Stacey, what are your feelings on the rice wager? Why can't they wager? That's what makes it interesting. Like, why couldn't they have any kind of negotiation? Because I forget, was, was it James who said like, would you take four? And he was just like, no that's just not fun <laughs> at all. So I don't know. I think in our maybe rapid fire, we're going to talk about it, what we would do instead. So I don't want to like spoil it, but I just feel like ugh, just having rice as an option and it's just five people. Like we just need more variety. We need to keep it a little more uh, interesting than that. The way Jeff introduced it was like, this is a thing now for new school survivors or like for the new era like you knew this was coming but it's fine to know certain things are coming as like a, a landmark like a milestone but again last time they were able to negotiate so it's not really the same and he, he the way he like shut down james was as if that was a wild <laughs> comment and it's like isn't that what negotiating is so i don't know it's just like again this was one thing where i was like oh yeah let's it, 
when you can negotiate, you do kind of see more of like who truly feels safe, like who is going to take the risk. But when it's just like, we need five and we know there's seven that feel very safe, there's no mystery there. So those are my complaints with it. I have a bone to the pick with the fact that this came from Jeff. Why was it Jeff's idea? Literally, the part that makes it interesting is, is when the castaways come to Jeff and go, Jeff, the situation is dire. How many of us would you take to give us rice? It came from Jeff? Like, you're literally, I can see you producing your own show. That really takes the mystery out of this. I don't like it. They didn't ask for rice. Like, they didn't say they wanted it. So why are you now being like, I have it and you can have it for five people? So I'm not sure, like, the last two seasons, didn't Jeff just bring it in now? Like, I think he's trying to say this is kind of like the auction. Like, this is what we do at a certain Okay, point. so to be clear, I don't want it. If this is the new version of the auction, get the fuck out. I don't want it. Put it back. I feel like this obsession with this new era of, like, they have so little that, like, this bag of rice is so tempting to them that they'll all step out. Like, where's the fun? That's the theme of this season. Like, where's the fun? Remember when you used to get to the individual immunity stage and a challenge like this would have regular intervals of temptation, like a donut, or like if you step out, everybody else who's already stepped out gets 10 donuts, like stuff like that, that was actually fun and felt like much higher stakes. Like them just sitting around camp being like, we're hungry isn't enough for me to be interested in them being like, what are you going to do for a bag of rice? Well, I actually think that makes the argument that they should bring the auction back. Like these people I mean, have they so, yeah, they should. And I, spoiler alert, that's probably my answer to the rabbit fire. But like, I think if they're really in such a dire situation where they have nothing, the auction would be more cutthroat. And that would be interesting to watch. Watching five of the top seven step out so that everybody could eat was the most boring twist on this I've ever seen. Also, I just, I have a problem with you making it part of the game now. Like at this point, every time I'm gonna offer you some rice. Like, no, I feel like I'm being such a Debbie Downer in this episode. No, it sucks. It was so bad. There was no redeeming qualities this episode. But to the point you just made, like, guess who sits out? Everyone in charge. Jesse, Carla, James, Sammy, and Cassidy. There wasn't even any, like, mystery in who felt safe and who was going to step out. Like, of course those five did. I will say, it seemed like, because Noelle was about to step, because no, but no fifth person was stepping, and then Cassidy did. And I did feel like, okay, like, I don't think Cassidy feels as safe, probably for good reason, but looking at the trends, like, I think she kind of did want to compete, but then she's like, I mean, at this point, it's like weird if I don't step forward. But that was like the one person that I was kind of like, I think it was a harder decision for her. Some of the, I mean, Carla was like, well, my finger's still injured. And then was it Jesse? He was like, oh yeah, my hand's injured. I'm like, he was like, my hands are swollen. <laughs> yeah. Why? Like, I don't even bother making an excuse. Like y'all know that you're not going home. <laughs> so, I mean, Jesse, you have two idols now. <laughs> like, just step up. But yeah, anyway, Cassidy was the one that I was like, of course, you're not going to say no to being in the the majority alliance, but I think she feels less uh, secure. I also, I want to point out James's only misstep all season, I feel like, was him turning to Owen and being like, you're good, bro. Like, that was very out of character for him, honestly. Like, he is not someone who I who plays his cards fast and loose like that. I thought that was very weird. 
we had a couple moments this episode setting up a sort of like James versus Owen tension that being one if not like the most prominent one um but we had a little bit of it before the challenge and we get a little bit after where like I feel like it's leading to some kind of yeah something, something between the two of them because mm-hmm. it I agree it felt really out of character but obviously like there's this budding tension between the two of them so I'm I'm interested to see where that goes even though I love them both and I don't want them to be at odds I do think it will be kind of fascinating but that being said, Owen does win the challenge. Congratulations, Owen. And then we get into strategizing. And it's, again, kind of boring. Aside from the sort of glimpse that we get of the Owen versus James tension, it's basically just Ryan versus Janine as being on the chopping block. And we don't really hear from them. We hear from other people arguing for or against them. Ryan's straight up out fishing, which is hilarious. And like a lot of people obviously notice and talk about. And he thinks so funny to hear it from his perspective because he's like, I'm going to go fishing so they can't vote me out because I'm getting them fish. And everyone's like, Ryan's not here. He's not playing. Maybe we should just vote him out. (laughs) He's playing 15 years ago, maybe 20. But God, I love him so much. And then Janine is talking numbers with her alliance who are like not the seven, but the rest being like, we just need six people. She's not really fighting or arguing that much with the people outside of her alliance on her behalf, but she, we do see her talking with her alliance um, about getting the numbers. And then some notable people we hear from are Sammy, who wants to flip the seven to vote Ryan out, so like turn on Ryan, who is part of the seven. Um, and James and Carla are down to do that. But then we hear from James and Cody that like, why would we get rid of Ryan when he's like a more predictable and trustworthy option to keep around than Janine? Like he's the lesser of two evils. Like, why would we get rid of him? And then as mentioned, we also hear from Cassidy, who's like, why would we get rid of another woman? Why? Why would we do that on principle? Why would we send another woman home? But she also has this line kind of right before they go to tribal council of like, but it's a question of like, do you rock the boat or do you just go along with what people want? Um, which is an age old question in Survivor. But like, I think ultimately at this point in the game, you kind of have to rock the boat to get further, which I think Sammy understands. And Cassidy ultimately ends up not rocking the boat on this one. Agatha. It was a whole bunch of something for nothing to happen. I will say, though, did anyone else catch Sammy giving direct eye contact to the camera? Because that's my Sammy as a plant check. I'm like, you're too, you're too comfortable. You know people, you know things. Like, he directly pulls a jib when the people, when he's, like, trying to On the to island get- or, like, in a confessional? No, it's on the island in the middle of a conversation with other castaways. Direct eye contact with the camera. He's talking to him about voting out Ryan. And it's when James and Carla are like, actually, maybe we don't need to. And he straight up pulls the Jim Krasinski and he's like, Jim Krasinski, John Krasinski, a Jim from the office. He just literally is like direct eye contact with the viewer for why, sir? Also, the audacity to look directly at the camera when you're standing around with other castaways. It was hilarious. I, I should have videoed it. I was like, what? But yeah, it was just a whole bunch of nonsense for nothing to actually happen. And I agree. Why didn't we hear from Ryan and Janine? I really feel like the producers or whoever, the camera people are like, you know, I think they'll just like you more if you go fish. Like, I feel like someone has to be telling him this. How could you truly think that you could just have a 10 minute conversation and then go swim and they're all going to like sleep while you're gone? Like, they're all going to just decide, oh, we can't get him out. 
Especially when they just got food. Like, they just came back to camp with food. And you're like, you know what we need? Food. How? I love it. I, feel, I think he was kind of telling Gabler that was what he was going to do. And as much as I'm not a Gabler fan, I feel like he was like, I'm going to let him do that. Like, I'm going to, like, hype him up. Like, yeah, we need fish. Go. Actually, that's my one positive for this episode. Gabler was basically not in it. And honestly, 10 out of 10 for that reason alone. Wow. And with that, we go to tribal council where even more nothing happens. Um, And it's honestly Jeff's fault. So we pretty much start out tribal council with Jeff being like, this whole section's a vibe check, by the way. Um, We start out tribal council with Jeff being like, talking about this quote unquote, established social contract of the game, which he's like, I think referring to like their social game, their alliances, their society that they build all is this like, how you interact with each other social contract and he says like every season the players get to decide like the rules of this societal social contract which is just not true like the rules are pretty set they get to make decisions about what they're gonna do there's no there's no new rules (laughs) like it's always the same and they make the decisions is that what you meant do you mean like they get to decide they don't decide the rules they decide what they're gonna do whatever and tribal's um pretty insufferable it's all just jeff continuing to ask like are you going to do A or B? Are you thing or opposite of the thing? And like, we kind of got at this already talking about how like he, he should have been the one bringing up like, hey, it's kind of weird that this many women went home or like just more pointed questions instead of this like one or two, one or two. Um, and the theme of the season is just who's playing and who isn't, which I think is what he's trying to get at every single tribal council, but he's not. Like, I don't even know how to talk about tribal council anymore because nothing happens. I, I, so what is there to even say? Yeah, I don't remember tribals anymore because they're just, I feel like that's when I look down at my phone and just wait for the vote at this point. I mean, I just don't get like, I was listening to um, Idol Chatter's podcast this morning and Laura was asking like, is the shot in the dark a thing? Because at this point, Jeff should bring it up or something. I mean, she didn't say that part. She was truly confused on if it's a thing. I wasn't even a huge fan of Shot in the Dark because it's never worked, but we did something. Part of it may be like no advantages have been played. So it's just talk and then vote. And then the same, like the expected person goes home. So, I mean, part of it might be that, but I agree with you, Anna. Like, I mean, obviously some camera person heard Cassidy saying like, it's starting to be weird that all these women are going Someone should have told Jeff, like, ask about the women or ask, like, Cassidy, more pointed question to Cassidy, maybe, um, since she's, like, voicing her her concern. Like, at this point, I mean, the only thing he must have seen and, like, asked about is Ryan fishing or, like, Ryan thinking that he doesn't need to play. That seems to be the main thing, which is concerning. But, like, also ask more about some kind of patterns, some kind of, like theme even just try to find like tension to talk about it just I can't take another just generic question you know what it is he's not striking any nerves and I feel like all the best tribal councils from the past like something strikes a nerve and it either prompts people to get up and talk to one another because it's like in-game paranoia nerves or it's like an outside of the game element that then gets brought into the conversation that like someone is so upset about or so moved by that they bring up and like we have this separated from the game conversation and those are the best moments why is that not happening (laughs) is everyone just so checked out 
I'm trying to think back because I think last season, I think if you were to go back and listen to our episodes in the last two seasons, we would spend 10 to 15 minutes of our episodes talking about the tribal councils because we had so many notes on either the commentary they were making about social climate and how that affects this game, which was powerful, interesting, heartbreaking, real. We would spend almost the majority of the episode because we'd be like this, like Stacey, this is the part that would happen. And then Stacey would be like, oh my God, if you haven't watched, this is one of the most important things to happen on television. Because Stacey just always is the one to watch first. So she'd be like, Aggie, where, why haven't you watched? You bitch, pay attention. Go watch Survivor. And so I think, yeah, it's just a lot of nothing. Like, it's just not worth watching. And that makes me sad. But it's like, yeah, where's the pointed question to get Cassidy to voice her concerns? Where's the pointed question to get Ryan to like say this is his strategy so that people start to be like, the fuck? Or where is the comment to Janine to talk about like, well, Janine, how are you feeling in this particular moment? And get to strike the nerve about the fact that she lost an idol and has lost both her closest allies. I just feel like to ask for a metaphor instead of asking about the actual thing is a cop out. Why are we not giving a shit about this? Now, granted, I've spent this whole season saying these people don't know how to play Survivor, but you picked them for a reason. And if you just pick them for their backstory, that's a problem. I don't think that's true. I think that's what's showing because you're not treating them with the respect of like, hey, we picked you to play Survivor. So let me get you to play Survivor. I think a lot of it is just like, we're going to half ass this because it's not super important because X, Y, and Z. And it's like, no, Jeff, you picked these people. Don't act like you didn't have a hand in it. You did. So you picked these people. You thought they could play this game. Why are you not letting them ask them actual pointed questions and get them to talk about this actual game instead of a vague, veiled metaphor for what the game of Survivor is, not even the game that they are playing. We're not even talking about specifically the game they are playing. We talk general, vague Survivor. And it's like, that's insulting to the viewer. Also, I've watched 42 seasons of this shit, Jeff. I don't need you to give me a veiled metaphor for the game of Survivor. I want you to ask them about what the fuck they're actually doing. This game of Survivor is different from last season, is different from the season before. Talk to them about what's happening in this particular one. I don't know what happened in the last six months to a year, Jeff, where you were like, I'm going to just change what I'm doing, but it's making it worse. So mm. it sucks because we have watched so much Survivor and this isn't how it used to be. Um, especially in the last two seasons that like I can see in my mind how it would play out if like they they come in they sit down at tribal council Jeff asks them how things are going and then like flags it's hard to ignore that the majority of the players left are men Cassidy does that bother you do you think that's intentional like it doesn't have to be so manufactured of like Jeff's gonna ask them if they think this is about women like but it what it feels like after the conversations that we've had the last two seasons is that they saw that like maybe some people didn't like that and now they're intentionally avoiding any kind of conversation about like gender roles bringing race into the game like anything like that it seems like no stick to just talking about the game which they're still not even doing but it just feels like they're trying so hard to avoid any kind of outside of the game discussion that they've just they've hurt themselves he's not asking them anything and it's weird and it feels intentional and I don't like it 
I still agree with all of that. I still think he could ask different questions. But I also was thinking about how one week he like asked Carla a question and she paused so long and she was like, oh, I'm like processing and thinking. And I kind of feel like they are afraid to like say too much to ruffle feathers or like get people paranoid. And so they're being kind of generic and bland as well. So I feel like it's like both sides are just like, let's just kind of go through the motions and not like upset anyone. But it's just weird because I just feel like in the past, it, well, if like, for example, this episode, normally we would see who is Janine in this case, like trying last time to just be like, yeah, I just, I don't think these seven realize like one of you's on the bottom and like, this would be your chance. And why would you let Ryan just go fish, do nothing and just be a part of your team? Like someone would have said something, her or maybe Noelle that this week. So that's where I'm just like, to me, speaking of the shot in the dark, that is your like last shot. Like that's you just being like, hey, let's just go for broke because we're I'm going home. If you're Janine, like your closest ally left, you had no idea that was happening. You were, you would have used your idol on her. Then you lost, you think, lost your idol, like it went home. You need to just start throwing things out there and just go out swinging. And I think Noelle maybe should, because she's seems to be confused as well about each vote. So that's where I'm just like, yes, Jeff needs to ask better questions. But also like, are y'all not going to fight? <laughs> And I'm like, maybe we didn't see it, but why would we not see that? (laughs) Yeah, I, I agree with you, Stacey. Now that you're saying this too, I think, why didn't Janine call people out? There was literally no hope of you staying. You were met with a lot of like no's. Also, why didn't you play your shot in the dark? To be perfectly honest, and again, I'm not saying it's Jeff's fault or the castmate's fault. I think it's, I do think, Stacey, what you're saying is true. It's a combination of both. But it's like, Jeff, I feel like could pick up on something and be like, Janine, you look nervous. Or Janine, you look very worried. Because I think if Jeff had pressed her enough, he might have been like, or what the other players had said could have forced her to be like, yeah, you know what? There's really no hope for me. I do need to play my shot in the dark. Or something like there's just no impetus for anything to happen. Because again, I do think Stacey, your point is very valid. They are not giving him anything, but he is also not attempting to get anything. So we're just left with nothing. And yes, the shot in the dark, like this is the perfect time for Janine to play it. Because if, like, even if she loses her vote for it, I mean, she and Cassidy were the only ones to vote differently. So I just, why isn't Jeff even saying like, don't forget about shot in the dark. I don't get it. And they played this super suspenseful music when he asked if anyone was going to have an advantage. And I was like, is she, is it happening? Well, even like, has he said yet? Like, also no one, no advantages have been played. What do y'all think about that? Like they're, they gotta be here somewhere. Has he said anything about that? Of course not. I hope next se- next episode is like when they start using things or he starts like bringing it up because it I mean we're on episode eight <laughs> the fact that we're on episode eight and straight up nothing has happened that's disappointing wah, wah. well after all that Janine goes home we get a very condescending uh voting booth confessional from Ryan which I thought was hilarious and just worth mentioning <laughs> I don't know if anyone else noticed that, but I was like, okay, Ryan, you go ahead with that. Um, But Janine does go home and that's it. (laughs) It's not exciting. It's just predictable. But with that, we will move into our segments. We have our fans have spoken segment, which if you don't know now, you know, we usually most times 
um, put up a question box on our Instagram story at Escaping Reality Pod between sometime when the episode is over and when we record. Usually on Sundays, we put up a question box on our stories asking what you guys think of this episode. And this week, Jesse Rodriguez, friend of the pod, loyal friend of the pod, <laughs> Jesse said two things. First, my list of people I care about this season is slowly dwindling. Slowly or rapidly? Because um, for me, it's happening pretty fast. Um, and then she also said, I need some unpredictable drama, but no medevacs, though. Those make me sad. I would disagree. I would love a medevac or just something. Like you said, something unpredictable for once in this godforsaken season. Yeah, I think we I think we all share both of those sentiments. But if you guys have any additional thoughts, speak now or hold your peace till next week. I just think slowly dwindling is wrong. They're gone. I do have people I still like, but they they're default people that I like because the people I actually liked are gone. Jesse, I love that you really outlined exactly what we said all episode long of just like it's predictable and I don't like anyone playing. So what's the point of being here? Okay, I just had an idea when Jesse said something unpredictable, which uh, it wasn't unpredictable in the previous seasons, like before COVID. But let's get back to a reward where you win and you get to pick two people to go with you and you leave. Because even for having this tight seven, it would show who's actually tightest, you know, or it would maybe bring up like paranoia or the people who go, if there's three of them, can brainstorm. So let's bring that back at this point. I just want some reward. Go have a pizza party. Go. What did they used to do? Go get massages. Go do something and pick someone to go Go on a boat ride. Something. Whatever you get. It's not at camp either. I'm done with that. I was just about to say that, Anna. No more. Like You guys get to eat Chinese takeout, but you're at camp. (laughs) Ice cream, but you're at camp. Like, no, remove them from the premises, from each other. It seems so easy. Like, do you not want to spend the money? Is it a liability? Do you not want like two different crews to be in two different places? If there's a legitimate reason, please tell me. Because right now it just seems like laziness and I'm over it. That's that on that. (laughs) Moving into our next segment, Castaway of the Week. This is always a fun one, you guys. And as, as we've said, the people that we like are dwindling. So as the weeks go on, I'm more and more intrigued to see who we all pick. So Aggie, who's your Castaway of the Week? Oh, man. Who is my castaway of the week? I think I have to give it to Jesse because he had the only useful comment on gameplay the entire game and he didn't run the vote. So he says knowledge is power in this game and I'm keeping my knowledge to myself. And that sentence alone shows me he knows what he's doing. And I think he's here to stay for a while. I also think he has a strong alliance with Cody, but also has pretty good favor with everybody. And I think he's going to get Sammy to go with him and Cody. I love Carla and Cassidy, honestly. And I think both of them are delights, but in terms of playing the game with their eye on the prize, I think Jesse's the only one doing that currently. Two weeks in a row. Uh, Stacy, who's your pick this week? Okay. I was between Jesse and Owen, and I'm going to give it to Owen because I, I think he would have gone home had he not won today or this week. Obviously, we also got just to learn more about him. And I don't know, like, I think that the people on the top do know that he's like the most threatening one on the bottom. So I feel like that's why James is kind of like, well, I would like to just go ahead and get him out to not mess up our, you know, our beautiful alliance here. The numbers are so skewed now that I just don't know if he can break through. But if anyone could break through at this point to their alliance, I think it would be him. Like, I don't think 
Noel is going to do it. So I could be wrong, but either way, good for him for winning and keeping himself another week. Yeah. And maybe he'll keep winning and he won't have to worry about breaking through. That could be interesting. I was thinking about picking Owen, but I'm going to pick Sammy for some variety and because I actually enjoy him now very much. And I think he, I'll give it to him, like if for no other reason than just being really intense this episode um, and very loud, especially in confessionals about like, it's time, I'm going to do this. Like we got to, we got to flip the game, blah, blah, blah. He thinks he's running game. He's not not running game a little bit but i do appreciate that he was like doing something in this sea of people who refuse to do anything where he suggested flipping on his alliance in the seven and working with the other side like he's at least playing maybe too hard maybe not in the smartest ways but he's playing and you cannot deny that and so for that he is my castaway of the week We've already vibe checked Jeff a lot because it's his fault that all of this is happening. But let's vibe check him a little more specifically. So Stacey, you are up first. Do you have a vibe check for Jeff? So I have two. One's for Jeff. One is for like the camera people, I guess. Um, And I already talked about the Jeff one, but it's just the non-negotiating at a negotiation. (laughs) Like just the lack of even like, trying to negotiate even just one person so that was the first one and then for the camera so I don't know if y'all noticed this but Owen wins the immunity challenge and he names some people who are very old school so someone said I think Jeff said oh you're going old school and the camera goes straight to Gabler's face (laughs) and it just cracked me up because it was like on his face for a, a minute like when he said old school so that was the first one And then at Tribal, I guess I did take a note from Tribal, because Jeff said, y'all have been really beat up out here. I think this was at Tribal. And it pans to (laughs) Janine. And it's like, just again, showing this like ongoing scar that she can't seem to like heal from out there. But it just like pans to her and just like nodding. This was either at Tribal or right before the challenge. But either way, I was like, the camera people are just not being subtle. (laughs) Like They're just like, oh, old? Like, you hear the word old? Go to Gabler. (laughs) I loved That's it. That's so funny. I didn't notice that, but I believe it. Aggie, do you have a vibe check for Jeff or camera people production editing the whole show? I mean, this episode is my vibe check for Survivor and how I would like it to get back to any sort of usable version of the show, to be perfectly honest. I actually didn't write down that many specific Jeff things. I should have rewound and gone back because the one thing that really irked me was during the challenge, he kept saying some word other than pole when he was like, you have to get another piece of blank. He kept saying a blank. I can't remember what it was, but it was a very weird. No, it was like a word I have not heard before. And I was like, Jeff, that's nothing. Why are you saying this? But I, I don't have the, here's the thing. I don't have the receipts to back myself up. So I'm like, it's not a good vibe check. But literally, as he was saying it, and he said it so often, I was like, the fuck is this, man? I also just like the number of times he said live transition. It's just like, shut up, Jeff. Hi, I'm the problem. It's Jeff. Yikes. Well, my vibe check uh, comes once again from Tribal Council. And I don't know if it was edited to be this reaction from Jeff or if this was his genuine reaction. But Cody's making a statement, a vague statement, about how like, things shift and change in this game in the most like 
tiny minute moments and like someone could just like glance at you the wrong way and it changes the whole game and we get a Jeff wow and I'm like that's just the wrong exclamation in response to what Cody just said like a you know that you know that that's the nature of this game and b you asked him about it specifically so why is why the reaction of surprise and awe in a game that you know the rules to someone just explain the rules like it was just it, it was out of place to the point where I was like did they just edit did they just add a Jeff Wow reaction because like his real reaction was too bland did they cut in a classic Wow or was that really his reaction because if that's the case Jeff you are not listening to them like you you someone makes a face and you go Wow like their response was groundbreaking it wasn't so why that response he also made a weird comment at tribal that was like, was it, did he ask Owen about who in the past has like won or whatever? And he brings up all the previous players or something, or was that at the challenge? That was at the challenge. I think when Owen said like, is this real life? He was like, tell me about that. Cause I hear that a lot. And I'm just like, what? like, it's just, I just feel like he wants to like also promote the show at the same time. Like, Oh, this is the highlight of your life. Tell us about it. <laughs> Oh my God. Speaking of promoting the show, you know how um, usually before tribal council, we get those jump scare ads of Jeff being like, survivor, apply now. It was on Paramount Plus this week. It was on Paramount Plus. And I put it in my notes. I was like, is this not only on cable? Like, why are we putting ads in this service that I pay not to have ads for? It was while I'm watching the show that you're telling me to watch and apply for. Ah, now that we're sufficiently worked up, it's time for rapid fire. We've got two quick questions and then we will wrap it up um, because I got to go. So question number one has some explanation. So I'll explain my thinking in putting this question out there. So the crux of the question is, do you sit out of the challenge? But I'm going to give you a scenario and then, you know, it'll make sense. So if you're in Janine's position, but hypothetically in this scenario, you have not told people that you gave Dwight your idol. So some people know you have an idol, some don't. There's maybe rumors that like you had given it to Dwight and he got voted off, but that information was not spread the way that it was in this episode. Only Janine knows in this instance, or you in her shoes. Do you stay in the challenge because you know you don't have an idol? Or do you sit out of the challenge trying to feign safety, pretending like you still have that idol? Is this question too complicated? (laughs) Aggie. I actually think that was Janine's big misstep this episode was telling people that Dwight went home with her idol. Cause even if there was like an inkling or a thought that maybe that's what had happened to confirm it, put a like easy target on your back. And I think that was like a misstep on her part. So I actually, I hadn't thought about it like that. Anna. I think actually it would be pretty badass if she had sat out and had like been like, Oh, well, yeah, I'm comfortable. So I don't need to go. I didn't give any more context than that. Because then people would think, oh, does she actually still have her idol? People might think, does she have votes? Why is she sitting out? Like, where is where did she get comfortable from? So I think that would have played up some really interesting dynamics. And people might have started to like panic because it would have been like either Janine has an idol and she's really comfortable or people are telling her that she's comfortable. I'm like, does that do I trust that? I don't know. Yeah, I think that would be interesting. Stacy, what do you think? I think especially as her, like, I hate to say this 
but she probably didn't think she was going to win that. You know, like if she walks in, she sees that specific challenge, you know, she realizes she could sit out for rice and like Aggie was saying, give them a little more doubt about does she have something? I think probably she should have sat out. I get that she was like, I mean, I I don't have some things I need to try. Like I commend her for trying, but either that or like after the challenge, still trying to put some doubt in their mind. I don't know if she could have a fake idol or something because either then Jesse has to be like, no, I am positive she doesn't have it. And they're like, well, how are you that positive? Something, some, she needed to put some doubt there. So, so I guess, yeah, sit out. Force someone's hand in some way, shape, or form. Worst case, use your shot in the dark after. But force yeah. someone to do something. You're just sitting there. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you both. I think it would have been at least something to do to try and, like, give him a fake out. Especially, like you said, Stacey, if, if you think maybe you're not going to win this one. Instead of what she did do, which is, like, no, I have to compete because I know I'm, like, potentially out there. Like, that's just as much of a giveaway that you're not safe. So yeah, I think, I think it would have been cool to see her try something, but <laughs> maybe that's just our hope that maybe anything will happen. So hypothetically, yeah, of course I'm going to say do something because we did nothing. Okay. Last question. We've talked about this a lot, but what should they do to change the rice wager? Either what's your thought on changing it as it is or something they should do instead of it. Stacy, I know you have feelings about this. So please start us off. Yeah, I th- there are so many other options I feel like that I would take. But the, I mean, the main thing, which I think we all probably agree with is just bring in the auction. If they're clearly hungry because you're not giving them any food and having dreams about food, like just do an auction. It would definitely mix things up. And you can still include the like an advantage as part of it but yeah i i just the auction was perfect what what was why did we get rid of it truth aggie bring back the auction janine could have maybe waited and bought an advantage like that was a perfect time you know because like everyone was starving but janine wanted to fucking stay in the game so i don't think she would have been tempted by food other people would have bought food and then she would have had the most money and she'd be like i'm paying for the advantage i'm here's my five hundred dollars or whatever jeff I, I bid for it. I was the first one to bid. $500 is mine. Why the fuck are we wasting our time with this stupid back and forth about Jeff basically bidding on people, on humans, to pay for rice? Here's the thing. As seasons have gone on, I'm less tempted to go because there's no, like, to apply. Not because I don't think I would enjoy it. I just, like, it used to be, like, a huge Applebee's merge feast or like, hey, three of you get to go watch a terrible movie, but at least you're going to have popcorn and candy and like all these things. Like, I don't want pizza back at my camp. I can have pizza on the beach at home. I could just stay here and eat Domino's. Like, I just, I, (laughs) I don't know. Like, yeah, I get to go to Fiji and be a part of the Survivor squad, which I think would be really interesting. But like, where's the incentive? Give them something to make their moves worthwhile. Do something, give them I don't know, a, bur- a burrito wrapped in pizza, Ryan, which sounds terrible, by the way. <laughs> we didn't talk about it, but it sounds so bad. But like, it would be hilarious if Jeff went into the auction and was like, Ryan, I heard what you said. Know what's under here? A burrito wrapped in pizza. How much are we willing to bid on it? Because at the end of the day, I think it would be really, one, it would be funny. I think we've lost the joy in this show. So I think it would be funny. But two, it's just like, 
there's so much you can do there to entice people to make dumb whatever moves. Like, honestly, bring back the bathtub at the auction. Like, it was stupid and ridiculous, but like, kind of funny to watch someone straight up bathe for the first time in weeks. Like, I don't know. Bring back the auction. Bottom line, bring back the auction. It was never, ever the wrong choice. The show's taking itself too seriously, and it's a detriment. Um, I agree with you both. Like, bring back the auction. Some other suggestions that seem easy enough. Bring back food rewards. Make them compete for the food instead of sitting out for the food. Or if you're going to have them sit out, have it be like you can either play for immunity or if you sit out, you can eat burgers until somebody wins. Like, remember that? Oh, my that God. That was I great. that. Because then oh. it was like, you're not sitting out to like help your team and give them rice. Like if you sit out now, you get instant gratification or you need to compete. It was so fun to see how many burgers one person could eat. They were like, I ate seven. <laughs> like, but then you had you, oh. then you had the toss up of like, if you choose to eat instead of playing for immunity, you are only serving yourself. It's not like you can make the argument of like, well, I sat out and I got you guys rice. Like, so maybe don't vote me out. Like, no, you're doing this for you. And that's the risk you take. Bring that back. That's so fun. That's It's such a more playful, like, twist on the same thing. Because then at least you get to watch them eat during the challenge. Like, it's so much more fun. Or, yeah, bring back food rewards. So, like, the incentive is to compete for the food. And if you don't, you don't have a chance at food. Why was this episode only one challenge? Why are we only doing one challenge? It shouldn't be an immunity plus a reward through a draft, basically. Have a reward challenge and have an immunity challenge. I would much rather watch two challenges than you sit around at camp and tell me how fucking hungry you are. Oh my God, that, that, it went on for like eight minutes of the episode. I was like, oh my God, I don't care. Wasn't the point of Old Survivor to be like, if you don't earn your food, you don't get it. Like you have your rice at camp and if you don't win a food reward or you don't make good enough connections that someone brings you, you're out of luck. This, it feels like another cop out. Yeah. Be or- like, if you sit out, you can have food. Well, or like what when you were talking about how they they could like choose to eat until the challenge was over, I forgot about that. I love that. Or at least I feel like I don't know if it would work as well with this challenge. It could though, but the one where like he brings things out like sporadically. Because if you bring out the pizza wrap or the burrito wrapped in pizza. You know, Ryan will drop. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what he really wants. He will drop. Bring out some chicken because Carlos thinking about chicken. So yeah, if you are going to make them like compete still, or I don't know how to word it, but like at least do it where they might be motivated to drop sporadically. So because mm-hmm. that was so interesting to like, that was so fun to watch because your favorite player would be voted out that week because they wanted KFC instead of like being the last person to hold the pole. Like it was. I would so much rather watch that. And how is that not what the production team is thinking as well? Like what changed that that's just not a part of it anymore? It's too much fun. We can't have fun. Yeah. I just feel like I haven't laughed at an episode in so long. I've cringed. I've gone like. (laughs) And here's the thing. Like I love when there's an emotional poignant story as well, especially with last season conversations around race and things like that. Like I would rather cry than feel nothing. Like this season, I have felt nothing. Wait, that is such a good point. I haven't cried. I I haven't cried. I haven't cried. I haven't laughed. The one time that I almost cried was when Noelle was stuck in the net 
And I was like, oh, no, I'm going to cry. And then immediately I was like, oh, no, I'm, I'm done. And then it's Jeff done. made it weird. So I was like, no, I'm not sad. Then yeah. Jeff made it weird. I cried a little during the Owen one this time, but I haven't like truly been moved this season. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Stacey, <laughs> yeah, because Stacey, every, almost every episode last season, you were like, oh my God, I'm emotional. I haven't been emotional once. I haven't laughed. I haven't cried. I have just been like, oh, it happened to me. And that is upsetting. <laughs> I'm upset. Uh, well, God, this is not a rapid fire, but wow, we really ended on a strong <laughs> note, guys. And And on that note, you know, to tune in next week where maybe it'll be better <laughs> we have said that every week it's episode eight <laughs> this is the most fun i've had uh talking about it in a while yes which is not a good sign for the show because yeah us us talking about ways we should take direction. it back in time <laughs> us being like go back in time to when it was different <laughs> like we're enjoying talking about what it used to be because it used to be fun god yeah. we had so many good memories of previous <laughs> seasons <laughs> But you're so right, though, of like, why would I go on Survivor? They're not going to take me to Jellyfish Lake. They're not going to give me a f- traditional Fijian feast with, like, a beautiful host family. At this point, I want to go watch Jack and Jill with popcorn. Like, at least it would be something. Mm-hmm. I don't want to watch Jack and Jill. It sounds terrible, but oh, I Jack would enjoy it. <laughs> but it would I be would memorable to be like, oh, remember when I watched Jack and Jill in Samoa? How random and weird. Yeah, like, it sounds like a fake story. I you know just... what's not random and weird? When I guarantee you the final three fin- or final immunity reward challenge, they're going to be like, you can either have a protein bar, a bed, or chicken and veggies. And then I'll pick chicken and veggies and you'll be like, this is really, really not fun. This is really not fun. I think that well, the reason I would go on Survivor now is to go to Ponderosa when I get voted out. Because it's lit there. <laughs> that like, is the saddest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> They have more fun on Ponderosa. You're so right. Oh man. This is really upsetting. We should we should probably end it here. <laughs> um we hope you've had fun. We hope that maybe somewhere out there you're enjoying Survivor. And uh we hope that you'll come back next week and and I guess we'll see. But thank you for listening and thank you for escaping reality with us. Bye. <laughs>